0: turn to uh, the first letter of Timothy, chapter 1, 1 Timothy, chapter 1, and uh, we're re- reading from verse 1, 1 Timothy, chapter one and reading from verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus our hope. To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus, so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they're talking about, or what they so confidently affirm. We know that the law of the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that The law is made not for the righteousness, but for the lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and the sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that confirms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which he entrusted to me. Is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience, and as as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction, in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them you might fight the good fight, holding on to the faith and their good conscience. Some have rejected these, and so have shipwrecked their faith, among them are Herman Enos and Alexandra whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Well this morning at the beginning of the, the new year we are uh, beginning a, a new series um, in the first uh, book of Timothy and uh, we're going to be working through the book of Timothy over the next five or six weeks uh, looking at uh, Some of the uh, issues and and things that it raises and uh, all sorts of things uh, in the book of Timothy. And um, Paul himself summarises what uh, Timothy is about in uh, in his letter. And uh, we'll see that it's concerning the church and how it works, or in some cases doesn't work. And uh, what we have to do uh, when it doesn't work. So we're going to be looking at different aspects of, uh, of church life. And uh, how we fit in and play our part. Paul sums up uh, why he's writing in, in chapter 3, right in the middle of the letter. He says, although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. So what we have here is, is a manual, if you like, uh, in this letter uh, to Timothy, about how to do church together. About uh, the things that are important About the things that we should be doing and the things uh, that we shouldn't be doing. Every now and again, uh, you know, someone will come up to me and say, Well, why do you do this in in this particular way? Or or, why do we do that? Uh, Especially when new people join the church very often. uh, You know, why do we do things in the way that we do them? And uh, during uh, these uh, five or six weeks, uh, we'll be looking at at why we do the things that we do. and, And maybe asking uh, you know, why do we still do things this way, and is it correct, and, uh, and should we be doing these things? And so we're going to be uh, concerning ourselves with, uh, with the letter of, uh, of Timothy, and working our way through it, and in chapter 1... Um we're going to be looking at uh, the church and its message in chapter 2. We'll be looking at the church and its members next week. Then we'll be looking at church and its management in chapter 3. The church and its minister in chapter 4. Uh, the church and its ministry in chapter 5. And the church and its motivation in chapter 6. So that's where we're going to be going uh, over these next few weeks. And it will be good uh, in, in, in between that you, uh, you get into this book. And maybe uh, if you're in a house group, maybe it's something that you might want to look at. Uh, as we work through these uh, six chapters of Timothy in, uh, in the next few weeks. So that's where we're going to be going, and hopefully, um, not only will we, we learn lots of things, but it will help us to identify uh, where we fit in the picture uh, in our relationship with God, but also in our relationships uh, with one another in the church. So, let's get going. The church and its message... And this morning we're thinking about, you know, what is the message of the church? What is the message of the church? I wonder if you had to sum up the message of the church, what you would say it was. Could you sum it up in a sentence? Just for a moment, turn to the person next to you. Don't think long about it, just say the first thing that comes into your head. Sum up the message of the church in one sentence to somebody next to you. Just, Just for a couple of minutes. Okay. Anybody got any any fantastic pearls of wisdom? Did anybody manage to sum up the message of church? Grace. Love and forgiveness, grace, faith. Fellowship. Faith. fellowship, faith. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So we've got some. Uh, some idea, it might be a vague idea we've got some idea about uh, what the message of the church is well let's, let's get into this, uh, this first chapter and, uh, and see what, uh, what uh, Paul has to say to us the first thing I want to say about uh, the church and his message uh, is that we are to be teaching the truth we are to be a people who are teaching the truth It would seem that, uh, that as uh, Paul writes to Timothy, uh, that there were people in Timothy's church who weren't teaching the truth. How do we know that? Well, Paul says, he's obviously got some uh, information uh, about the church in Ephesus, and uh, he says to, uh, to Timothy, he says, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men... Not to teach false doctrines any longer. Nor devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work. So there were people in the church who were actually false teachers. uh, Teaching things that weren't the truth. And uh, it just reminds us, you know, sometimes uh, uh, we think... Uh, that if somebody stands up in church, uh, like I'm doing this morning, that obviously uh, they must be speaking the truth and that we have to believe everything that we say. And sometimes we we use that phrase, don't we, take it as gospel. And uh, if nothing else, Paul is reminding us um, that we need to think for ourselves. Uh, That we need to be a questioning people. That we need to be people that are seeking the truth, but we need to be a people that recognise the truth when we hear it. And also a people that recognise something that isn't the truth when we hear it. And of course, there are false teachers within any church and every church. And these aren't people that are, uh, uh, you know, that are evil people, that are, that are, are seeking to, to somehow betray, and, uh, and, and, and unsettle people, and, and they don't set out to teach people things that aren't correct. Very often, they're people that have just, somehow, wandered a little bit away from the truth. And they're people who, who firmly believe what they're teaching is the truth. Wholeheartedly, they believe it. And uh, maybe they will be shocked if somebody suggested to them that actually uh, the things that they're saying are not true. And uh, so we need to be people um, that are familiar with the gospel. And uh, people that are so enveloped in 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 God's word that we recognise something as being either true or not. And Paul says, he says, Some have wandered away from these things and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about. Have you ever spoken to somebody uh, and it's obvious they don't know what they're talking about? Maybe you've had that uh, experience, maybe you haven't. Uh, They don't know what they're talking about. Or oh, what they so confidently affirm. Sometimes people, they, they, they sound so confident, they're so assured, they say, people think they must be, they, they're so confident in that, they, they, obviously they must be right. And Paul is saying that, well, actually, you can be absolutely convinced of something that's wrong. You know, it wasn't that long ago, well, it was quite a long time ago, and people thought the world was flat, and if you suggested anything else, uh, you'd get into trouble about it. And of course, uh, we know now that the world isn't flat, that it's circular. Uh, but people are absolutely convinced uh, that if you got so far, you'd actually fall off the edge of the, of the earth if you went too far. And, uh, you know, we can be convinced of things. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. So how do we know? And, and who are these false teachers? And, and how, can we, how can we make sure, uh, like Paul says to, uh, to Timothy, uh, that we are people that not only know the truth, but actually help people when they wander away from the truth? And like I said, these people are not necessarily bad people. These people that have just slightly gone off track. I don't know if you've ever been walking, you know, and you've got a map and maybe a compass. And uh, you don't need to go too far off off track to end up in completely the wrong place. Once a year I go walking with a friend of mine. And uh, he's great. He's about ten years older than me, but it's like a, a mountain goat. He he kind of run. I have to almost run to keep up with him. But we can guarantee on this walk, at some stage, he'll he's got one of these GPS things. At some stage, he'll get it out and he'll he'll look at it, and there'll be a surprise in his face, and said, "Well, I, I didn't think we were here." And he's looking at his map, and obviously, some at some stage, we know because we we're, we're in the middle of a farmer's field, and there's no style style to get out of it. We, we we're lost. We're off track, and we've just slightly gone off. Roots, And we end up in a, a completely different place. And this is what we have to be careful about. So how do we know? How do we know whether people are speaking the truth or not? Well, we have to test it against Scripture. We have to familiarise ourselves. We have to, we have to study Scripture. We have to do some hard work. Sometimes people think, well, isn't that your job? You're supposed to spend time studying and then you tell us. Uh, what you've discovered And then we'll just believe you Well no uh, Please don't believe me um, You know Test what I say Because I can get it wrong As much as anybody else And do Some of the things that I say You know I look back over some of my old sermons And I think Did I really say that? Uh, I'm sure at the time I believed it And was absolutely convinced of it uh, But now I look at it and think hmm, Sounds a bit dodgy <laughs> uh, And uh, we need to be people that recognise that. How? Well, uh, Jesus, when when somebody said they weren't sure where he was going, he said this. It was Thomas, uh, who was always doubting, wasn't he? And it's not a bad thing. And Jesus answers Thomas and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus here is actually saying, you know, uh, the truth is actually embodied in me. I, he's actually making it a really bold declaration he says he's saying I am the truth the truth is in me Uh, it's not in Richard it's it's not in Andrew it's not in Peter it's not in in anybody else it's in me I am the truth and so one of the ways we can test whether something is right or not is saying well is this how does this confer with what Jesus says does it match up and if it doesn't obviously uh, there's something wrong Uh, Tony Campello tells uh, the story. He says this. He says, sometimes church people are just downright legalistic. They lose the essence of the gospel in an array of petty rules and regulations. A friend of mine who lives next door to a Seventh-day Adventist woman talked about being confronted by her on a Saturday morning. As he was cutting the grass in his front lawn, the woman said in an abrupt, condemning way, It's the Sabbath. You're cutting the grass on the Sabbath. My friend, trying to defend himself, said sheepishly, Well, Jesus picked corn on the Sabbath. To which the woman shot back, two wrongs don't make a right. (laughs) My friend said the worst part of it was that the woman didn't see the humour in what she had said. You know, sometimes people can get so far away from the truth and be so convinced that they can't even say when they're doing things or saying things that actually disagree with Jesus. Um... They've gone a long way off track, and so we need to be uh, people who are who who know what Jesus said, who know how Jesus lived. We need to study the Bible uh, with Jesus at the centre, because there's even things in in the Bible, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, that we might want to disagree with, and for some people that's that causes a huge problem. But we might want to say, well, actually. Uh, because of the rele- revelation of Jesus, uh, we actually think that that is, is not of Jesus. It, it's unchristian. And you say, shock, how are the things in the Bible that are unchristian? How can that be? Uh, well, it's because we've studied and, and we've looked at it and we've weighed it. And at the end of the day, we measure things by what Jesus said. And so when somebody says something that's so out of line with what Jesus said, some of you, I'm sure, uh, watch the God Channel and and other things like that, and and you'll see people, and you should automatically recognise, you know, when somebody uh, says, you know, so into my ministry, send me money and God will bless you and answer your prayers, you should automatically have a, 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 a warning bell alarm saying, hang on a sec, this doesn't sound like Jesus. Jesus didn't say, seem to be saying that if I follow him I'm going to become prosperous and, and that I have to, to give money to, to receive answers to prayer. That doesn't sound like something that Jesus said. It might be in, in, in the context of a, of a worship service and, and when somebody's saying other things that are, that are very true but we have to be able to recognise that actually this isn't what Jesus said and therefore it's wrong. It's not that these people are necessarily bad. They've just, just gone a little bit off track. And we need to be able to recognise and be able to identify what is the truth. Uh, people talk, don't they, about, oh, such and such a person is really sound. Uh, or this such other person isn't so sound. And what we actually usually mean by that isn't, isn't that this person's the fount of all knowledge. What we actually usually mean is, is they agree with me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've got my truth and you've got your truth, but my truth is obviously the gospel truth and your truth if it's not the same with me. And we have to be careful... Because as I've said, we can have had things that we've held for a long time, and uh, they can be wrong. And uh, here in this letter uh, to Timothy, Paul is, is urging Timothy uh, to, be, uh, to command certain men not to teach false doctrines. We have to actually not just think, oh, that's, that, that's not right. We've got to say something. We've got to stand up for the truth, and so that other people aren't led astray. It's important that uh, we understand. You know, some people say to me, oh, my faith's a simple faith. And very often what they mean is they don't want to think too hard about it, they don't want to work at it. I just believe what the Bible says. And of course, no one's going to argue with that, are they? Because uh, we do believe what the Bible says, but the Bible says lots of different things. And I'll say, well, which bits of the Bible uh, do you you believe in? And they'll say, well, I believe it all. And of course, if, if, if you start to, to argue, it can, it may, can make you sound as if, as if maybe you're not very sound. But we have to examine the word and explore it through the eyes of Jesus, who is the perfect revelation of God. He, as he says himself, is the truth. He's the truth. He, he was, the truth is embodied in him. And so, uh, you know, we need to recognise uh, the truth. We need to teach the truth. Uh, We need to say to people, hang on a sec, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Let's go back and let's talk about it. So, teaching the truth. Secondly, uh, we need to be people that are preaching the gospel. We need to be people uh, that are preaching the gospel. Paul talks about the fact that uh, the the reason why he knows, he talks about people who doesn't know what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about, because... He gives this example of the transformation that's happened and taken place in his life. He says, basically, you know, this is what I was like before I met Jesus, and this is what I'm like after I've met Jesus. And it was the power of the gospel that transformed Paul's life. And so he says uh, to Timothy, he says, here is a trustworthy saying. In other words, here's something that's really important. Here's something that you need to get hold of. Here's something that really matters. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. You see, Paul's life has been transformed by the gospel. I've been away at uh, at the uh, the, the mainstream conference this week with Andrew and uh, had a wonderful time. And one of the the, the speakers, a real academic guy, Simon Ponsonby, who who, who himself said, you know, he's not an evangelist. He said, if anybody gets uh, converted when I'm speaking, he says, it's a mistake. (laughs) He says, uh, uh, but when he spoke about the gospel, suddenly he came alive. And uh, he challenged us really, he challenged those of us that preach, he said, he challenged us to preach the gospel in the church and outside the church. He said, because it does have the power to save, the gospel has the power to save, and when we preach it, people will get saved. And it may be that you're here this morning, and he gave examples of, of, of being in churches, uh, where people had been for years, where people had been ordained. And when the gospel were preached, they suddenly had that moment of realisation, of recognition, that actually, they <laughs> needed to respond. They needed God to transform their lives. And you might be here this morning, and you might have never really Made that commitment to Jesus Christ. You may have never really have gone from uh, a life that Paul talks about. He talks about himself and he says, He says, even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of the Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith and love. And he talks about himself as being the worst of all sinners and if the gospel can transform Paul who was a persecutor of Jesus Christ who was actually on his way when he got saved he was actually on his way to persecute and have Christians thrown in prison and executed and God met him on that road to Damascus and turned his life around and so that he went in a completely different direction and this morning you know you might be here And you might have never really have given your life to Jesus. Um, Don't wait another moment. Speak to someone after the service. We've got a prayer team. If your life, you know that you need to be transformed. If you know that the gospel, if, if God is speaking to you this morning, then do something about it. Because the gospel, Paul says, not just here, but in other places, he talks about the gospel having the power to save us. Uh, It's not me, it's not you, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes people's lives. And our task, the message of the church, is to preach the gospel. And if ever a generation of people needed the gospel, you know, we begin this new year and all we hear is bad news. Not just bad news, but a bad forecast, isn't it? So I'm not talking about the weather You know, the the current economic climate, the job prospects, even people, you know, it's affecting everybody. The Baptist Union's struggling and they're going to have to make job cuts. It's affecting everybody. And if ever the world needed to hear some good news, it was at this moment. And we've got this good news in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's good news for everybody, those inside the church, but those outside the church as well. And we need to be preaching the gospel. It doesn't mean that we have to stand on the street corner and tell everybody that they're wicked and that they're going to hell. It means, it means that we need to share what we have discovered. We need to tell our stories. Just as Paul, if you don't notice when Paul's writing, he continually gives his testimony. He continually, I think at least three times, if not four times, Paul actually tells the story on the road to Damascus in different situations. He's continually telling people how God has made a difference in his life. You and I, it's not just my job to preach the gospel, it's your job to preach the gospel. Uh, In every situation, wherever we are. Uh, We need to be telling people. We need to be living the gospel. We need to be demonstrating so that people say to you, you know, what is it about you? There's something about you that's different. And we can say, well, let me tell you about how my life has been transformed. Paul says, preach the gospel. Here is a trustworthy saying. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for this very reason I was shown mercy, the worst of sinners, that Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. This is the message of the church. And we've got to get it outside of the church. We are to preach the gospel, in season and out of season. There's never a season when the preaching of the gospel isn't relevant. So we preach the gospel. And then finally, uh, we are to be people that are reaching the goal. Paul says uh, to Timothy at uh, at the end of the letter, he says, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them you might fight the good fight, holding on to the faith and a good conscience. And uh, what Paul is saying is, you know... Live up to the calling and reach the end of the goal and ambition that was given to you. In other words, don't give up. Don't give up. You know, it's so easy, isn't it? And all of us will know people uh, that have given up on God. It might have been through uh, circumstances, it might have been through tragedy, it might have been because they've fallen out with people about uh, what is the truth in the church. And uh, Paul Uh, says to Timothy, he charges him Timothy my son I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them you might fight the good fight holding on to the faith and a good conscience we are to be people uh, that fulfill uh, the ambition, the the things that we're meant to do we're supposed to reach, remember I said before you don't need to be too far you know, off off track to end up in a, a completely different place. You know, God's got a plan and a purpose for us. And when we go off track, we end up somewhere where God doesn't want us to be. Because we've diverted from the path that God had planned for us. Reaching the goal. Paul says to Timothy, he says that he talks about people whose... Who's, who's, Some have rejected these and so have shipwrecked their faith. And, uh, you know, if we had time, it would be interesting to go into that last verse, wouldn't it? Where it says, uh, he mentions a couple of people who he says he's handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, Maybe that's uh, something that we look at at a cafe church. You know, handing someone over to Satan so that they can be taught not to blaspheme. Uh, A bit of a minefield there, isn't it? That that Satan might be actually used uh, to teach somebody and bring somebody back on track. And that sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? Uh, But Paul is giving this instruction to Timothy. uh, This is the message that you were given. Uh, It needs to be the truth. You need to be uh, teaching the truth. You need to recognise... When people are off track, when people are out of zinc, when people are are out of beat with what the Holy Spirit and what God is saying through Jesus. We need to be preaching the gospel. We're a gospel people, and the gospel message needs to be preached so that people come to faith. We want to see people come to faith in 2012 in Jesus Christ. And we need to be reaching the goal. Uh, We're working and walking towards a specific goal that God has given us in preaching and teaching and reaching people